You're listening to audio from Highland Baptist Church in Waco, Texas. To find out more about Highland, go to www.hbcwaco.org. Amen. You can be seated. Well, welcome to, to one. Uh, one time each year when Highlanders can all be together as one at one time to pray to worship, to, to seek the Lord. And, and, and we're in here tight today, like, like family. You know, as long as we are in this life, we will always need prayer, and we can always learn a little bit more about prayer. What it accomplishes, why we pray, what does God do with our prayers that we offer to him and before him. You know, prayer is the, the spiritual breath for the Christian. It is the link, the line that connects us to God himself. And there's only one recipient of our prayer. When we pray, we don't pray to friends. We don't pray to family. We don't pray to ourselves. You may talk to yourselves, but you don't pray to yourself. The only recipient of prayer is God. And the wonder of of it all is that he is not difficult to reach. You don't need your phone. You don't need a password. You don't need a subscription. You don't need perfection. All you need is a willingness to pray, a willingness to talk to God. I mean, prayer is unbeatable. It is practically easy because we can pray at any time, anywhere, for anything. But it's because we all have this tendency in this house today to neglect the easiness of prayer that we often need to be reminded of how practically easy it is and how we should have a priority in our lives for prayer. If you have a copy of God's word with you today, and I hope you do, would you turn with me please to Jeremiah chapter 33. Jeremiah chapter 33 will be in the beginning few verses of Jeremiah 33. Uh, It's the 24th book in the Old Testament. That probably doesn't help you at all, but it's five books to the right of Psalms. So it goes Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations. We'll be in Jeremiah chapter 33. This great prophet Jeremiah chapter 33 will begin in verse one. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Jeremiah chapter 33. The word of the Lord says, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time. Now the first time it came was back in chapter one, while he, Jeremiah, was still shut up in the court of the guard. Thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Keep your Bible open. Uh, The nation of Israel had forgotten God and she was now reaping the judgment because of her many sins. And despite Jeremiah's effort to try to call the people back to God and to warn them of the coming Babylonians, they refused to listen to this prophet. And so in 586 BC, Nebuchadnezzar's army comes in and it sieges Jerusalem. Jerusalem falls and Jeremiah was arrested and placed in prison. That is what we see here in verse one in our text. It was a bleak moment while Jeremiah was confined in prison that God came to him. Look at verse one one again. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time. 
while he was still shut up in the court of the guard. He was still in prison. And there's a very important lesson for all of us in this room today to to learn here. While solid walls and locks and bars and other barriers may be able to shut us off from the rest of the world, none of them can ever shut God away from us. Nothing ever prevents us from entering into the throne room of the grace of God. So beloved Highland family, if your circumstances find you isolated today or alone or separated from community or separated from family, even imprisoned, and it seems there's no way you can turn, no place you can turn for help, please remember this truth. God is very present as he hears your prayer. He is near to you as you pray. He is present with you as you pray. God does not just give us his undivided attention when we pray. God gives us himself when we pray. This is a very stout truth that I hope that you and I can build our lives upon in 2024. God is with us as we pray. Let me show that to you in scripture. In Psalm chapter 145, verse 18, you see on the screen behind me, it says, the Lord is near to all who call on him. The Lord is near to those who call on him. The Lord is near to those who call on him in truth. Now, it's kind of overwhelming to me at times that the Lord can listen to the prayers of hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands and even millions of saints, all those prayers being made at the same time, and yet he gives each of his children as much personal attention as if she or he were the only one praying. And we're gonna test that here shortly. In verse two, we see that God gives Jeremiah some powerful reasons for confidence as we pray. Look at verse two, the beginning. Thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. So in order for you and I to pray with confidence, we need some grounds to stand on that are strong enough to bear the full weight of our faith as we pray. And here we can see two grounds upon which we can stand and pray. The grounds for confidence in prayer, two things. Number one, what God does. Look in verse two. He is the one who made and formed all things. This means that God has all the power at his disposal to make, make, to make things right in answer to our prayers. Now, this must have been a very special meaning to Jeremiah at this time as he sees that his homeland is being destroyed by the Babylonians, by Nebuchadnezzar's armies, that the same God who established Israel into a nation is also going to be the same God that rescues his people out from captivity and delivers them back to a restored homeland of Israel. That's what the rest of chapter 33 is all about, but we don't have time to look at that today. You can read that this week. The word established here in verse two, and that word means the, it's an idea of, of being firmly and securely fixed. You see, nothing can stand in the way of the purposes of God. The second ground is this, who God is. So not only what God has done and what God has done, and also who God is, and that's found here in his name, the Lord, which is mentioned three times in verse two. So go back to verse two. Thus says the Lord, all caps, who made the earth. The Lord, all caps, who formed it to establish it. The Lord, all caps, is his name. This is how God revealed himself to Moses. The name, the Lord, at the burning bush. He said, I am that I am, back in Exodus chapter three, verse 14. It consists of four Hebrew letters, Y-H, W-H. 
and it's pronounced Yehovah or Yahweh. Yahweh meaning God is the eternal self-existent one. It implies that he is the covenant-keeping God that will be true to his promises to both bless and to save his people. Therefore, Highlanders, family, friends, when we pray, we're not merely calling on the name of, of any God. We're calling on the name of the covenant-keeping God, Yahweh, the Lord, the, the eternal self-existent one. We call in prayer to the one living and true God before whom we stand in a covenant through his son, Jesus Christ. It is a name that speaks to us of his love, that speaks to us of, of his grace, that speaks to us of our deliverance out of sin. And this should make all the difference when we pray. You see, without these two confident grounds, what God has done and, and who God is, our prayers are gonna be shallow, our prayers are gonna be weak, our prayers are going to be dry. So when you pray, sister, when you pray, brother, you are praying on this confident ground of what God does and who God is. This is solid ground. Verse three, call to me. Just the first few words, call to me. I love this. God is not saying, if you need me, call me. He is saying, call me. You see, this is a command. This is a directive from Yahweh himself. It is not a suggestion. It is an order, but a good order or rather I might say, in order for our good. The Lord is not merely inviting us to pray as if there were many options. This is the only option. This is the best option. The second part of verse three is an assurance here of an answered prayer. So God says in verse three, call to me and I will answer you. Jesus is gonna give us that same assurance over Matthew chapter seven when he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll, be, and you'll find. Knock and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receive. Everyone who seeks, finds. And if you knock, it will be open. So God will answer us. It may not be the answer you're looking for. And if not, it'll be better than that. It's the answer that God is looking for in you. The third part, and I love this. And I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. This assures us here that our prayers are never in vain. Highland, listen, prayer is never a waste of time for it always yields the best results. Look at the results here. God will tell you great things or God will show you great things, things that were hidden or your Bible might say things that are mighty. So here is the simple power of praying. Three things, call on God, he will answer. He will show you great things. And this is what we are doing today together as, as one. In, in gratitude, we worship a God who, who hears us and who acts on our behalves, who tells us to call on him. What gratitude this produces in us. Would you stand with me, please, as we sing together? This morning, as we begin our times of prayer, we're going to start with exactly what we just sang about, gratitude, being grateful. Before we ever ask the Lord for anything, 
thanking him for what he's already done for us. And that's not because we have to butter God up. It's not because he needs to hear affirmations and uh, we need to make sure that we're thankful before we start asking for things. It's, it's because it changes what we pray for. Because when you have a posture of gratitude and thanksgiving, the things that you ask for will probably be a little bit different. And so this morning as we begin, I want you to think of two to three really specific things that you can thank God for. Think about your relationship with your spouse or with your parents or with a friend. It's good to say, hey, thanks for being a good mom. Thanks for being a good friend. You're great. That's good. How much more intimate and kind is it to say, hey, thank you for listening to me last week when I needed someone to listen and be patient. Thank you for unloading the dishwasher. That specificity prompts even deeper relationship and the same is with God. So what are two to three really specific things that you can think of to thank him for this morning? And I don't want to be uh, tone deaf or unaware to the fact that a lot of us in this room don't really feel grateful today. Coming off of a holiday season, sometimes there's nothing like Christmas to remind you how much pain you're in. Maybe this was the first season, Christmas celebration, that somebody wasn't sitting at your table. Or maybe this was the first holiday season that there's a diagnosis looming over your family that wasn't there last year. Can I encourage you to still press into gratitude this morning? And as crazy as it may sound, even maybe thank the Lord for that trial, we are not promised ease as believers. We're, we're kind of promised the opposite. But Romans 5 assures us that we can boast in our affliction. It produces character and endurance. And that leads to a hope that will not fail. A hope that is in ours in Christ Jesus through the Holy Spirit. We have that confidence. So we can be thankful even in the midst of suffering. And then... As we are grateful, let's also just magnify the Lord together. Let's remember his character. We serve a good, faithful, just, holy, loving God. A merciful, kind Father, a saving and redeeming Son, and an empowering and comforting Spirit. And so this can look a lot of different ways. Maybe you want to sit and write out the things you're thankful for. I'm a journaler, I have mine, so if you want to sit down and write those out, do that. If you want to come to the front, these are absolutely not off, off limits at any point this morning. If you want to come and kneel and thank the Lord, if you want to turn to the person sitting next to you and pray, maybe you're sitting with your family and you know the trial that's going on and praying together through that. If you want to kneel where you're sitting, if you want to stand in reverence as you magnify the Lord, there's so much freedom this morning as we pray. So let's do that. Let's pray specifically, let's be thankful, and then let's magnify the Lord together.
111. Hallelujah. I will praise the Lord with all of my heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. The Lord's works are great, studied by all who delight in them. All that he does is splendid and majestic. His righteousness endures forever. And he has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and compassionate. He has provided food for those who fear him. He remembers his covenant forever. He has shown his people the power of his works by giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of his hands are truth and justice. All his instructions are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever act in truth and in uprightness. He has sent redemption to his people. He has ordained his covenant forever. His name is holy and awe-inspiring. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and all who follow his instructions have good insight. His praise endures forever. together. This time I'm going to have you remain standing just for a few moments. We're going to move into a time we've titled this section House of Prayer. And you know, when uh, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, both sides of the Bible, it says this, that my house will be called a house of prayer. And there are, there's a big theological word for that that I don't remember from seminary. But when you see that in the Old Testament and the New Testament, you should pay attention to something. And we see that, we see Jesus emphasizing that, that of course we to be, are to be a house of worship, of course we're to be a house of missions, a, a house of preaching, a house of discipleship, but not in the neglect of being a house of prayer. And so on mornings like this, or, or in every week we have our prayer gatherings, we ourselves, even as individuals, are, are a resting place, a dwelling place for the Holy Spirit, the Bible tells us. So we too are houses of prayer. And really this week, uh, I, as I was reflecting and, and praying about this moment and preparing for this time, the Lord showed me something or reminded me something or gave me this warning that the closest a believer can get to atheism is a prayerless life. Because it just means we rely on ourselves, on our own voice, on our own giftings, on our own opportunities, on our own strength and stamina. And so in the positive, we can say it this way, that, that the most faith that a believer can show and possess and, and pour out is in a prayerful life. And so we wanna step into that in 2024 more. We need to take new steps and more steps into prayer. And so we're gonna do that now in this time. We're gonna have a few sections of praying and, and I will uh, just kind of come up in between each of those sections just to say, hey, let's move to the second section. This first one is just a prayer of confession. Uh, perhaps it's a prayer of a reminder or just a prayer of thanksgiving, whatever it is, but it's about this. Lord, could we be a house of prayer and not a house of self-sufficiency? We don't wanna be self-sufficient. We don't want our own gifts. We want your gifts, Lord. Can we be a house of prayer, not a house of self-sufficiency? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna move into a time where we pray together. If you're a college student, you're used to this. We do this every college night. We call it prayer circles. 
And what it means is you're gonna find one or two other people, maybe three, and your circle might end up being a triangle or a square or something like that. But just find a few people around you, two people around you, and huddle up and begin to pray out loud, individually, one at a time for, for these things. I'll lead us through the different ones that we're praying for. And you might be coming into this place not used to praying out loud. Perhaps it's been a long time since you have ever prayed out loud, or maybe you've never prayed out loud. This is an opportunity to step into that. We don't need it to be eloquent. God isn't looking for some perfect prayer. It's an opportunity to pray out loud with, your, with those people around you. But if you don't wanna pray, it's okay. You can just say, hey, I'd rather just listen. That's okay as well. But we're encouraging you to step into praying out loud with those around you. So find a few people, begin to pray for this first prompt. Somebody just grab hold of it and start praying right out of the gate. So find some friends, begin to pray for this that's on the screen. continue praying, but we're going to move into the second time, praying for purity. We need to walk in purity with our prayer. And so let's begin to pray for purity, confession of sin. We're asking for protection against the schemes of the enemy. Begin praying for purity in your groups now.
And lastly, let's move into this time where we just pray for a greater hunger for God's presence. There are so many distractions, so many things that we could do with every hour of the day, but that we would almost be obsessed with the presence of God, that our hunger would grow for the secret place, for extended times of prayer, to worship God day and night, to be in the word every day. Let's begin to pray for these things in this final section of prayer. in our city and we are filled with joy today to have some of those city leaders here that we're going to be praying for praying out loud for here in a few moments uh, let me introduce them individually first and then we can welcome them to to highland uh, first of all bradley ford if you don't mind standing our, our city manager dylan meek if you don't mind standing our city mayor cheryl victorian if you don't mind standing our police chief here in waco and Darius Ewing, if you don't mind standing, city councilman for our area here in, in Highland. Would you like to welcome these four leaders in our city today? And if you don't mind continuing to stand, the, the four of you, uh, Bradley and and, and Dylan and Darius are all covenant members here at Highland and Chief Victorian is an honorary member here at Highland. We love her, she is a friend of ours and a, a friend to me as well. We're so grateful for all of you. Although this may be a great reminder, Highland, that when you see these fellow members at church, it's not a time for taxes and potholes and neighborhood. You encourage them and you, and I know you do, but you continue to encourage them and continue to pray for them, continue to, to lift them up. Um, the four of them have sent in the ways that they would, would ask for us to pray for them today and even in the days ahead as well. So you'll see on the screen behind me the four different ways. I know a small print for maybe some of you, if you can't see that, you can just pray for all four of them, however the Lord leads you to pray and pray for our city. What we're gonna do is we're gonna pray out loud all together, and as, as I said earlier, that is not confusing to God at all. 
why would we pray out loud at this point as opposed to just praying silently in our hearts? That's the phrase I used to hear a lot growing up. Well, I think it's important for these four leaders to hear the prayers of the saints in this city, lifting them up and, and praying for them. And Darius, I know you have a new daughter in, in one of your arms there, but if you don't mind, you can just lift out a hand. And Bradley, if you don't mind, just lifting your hands out. And, and Cheryl and, and, and Dylan. And this is the way for the, the prayers that we're praying for you, for the Lord to bless you, for you just to receive those prayers. So Highland, all together, all at once, unconfusing to God, uh, let's pray aloud for these four leaders in our city in the ways that they have asked for us to pray for them. Then I'll come back and close us in prayer here in a little bit. You ready for the countdown? Three, two, one, let's pray. for our leaders because you told us to do so in the New Testament. You told us to lift them up, to pray for them, to intercede for them. Lord, I thank you for Darius. Lord, I thank you for his life and for his, his family, his, his brand new daughter, Lord. I thank you for Nora. I thank you for her life. Lord, I pray that you'd give Darius, Lord, wisdom and insight as he serves in our city council, Lord, as he serves even for this area where Highland is located. Lord, I thank you that you have placed a believer like Darius onto the city council. Lord, may he shine bright for Christ. May he be wise. May he be insightful. Lord, may he lean on you and trust you for every decision for every day. We're grateful for the Ewings. Lord, thank you for Darius and for his life. Lord, we thank you today for Bradley. Lord, I thank you for a city manager that fears your name and that trusts you and that calls upon you and that prays and seeks wisdom. Lord, I thank you for his beautiful family, his wonderful family of five. Lord, I thank you for their lives. Thank you for all that they bring to the table here at Highland. Lord, I pray that you would continue to bless Bradley, Lord, for these days ahead. Lord, be his strength, be his wisdom, be his guide, be his shepherd. Lord, there's a lot of forces that come around him, a lot of voices that come around him. Lord, I pray that he would be tuned to one voice, your voice. 
Lord, I pray that he would not look to the polls or to what the prognosis might be from what others would say. But Father, I pray that his ears and his heart and his mind would listen to you. I thank you that that's his bent anyway, God. That's his heart anyway to, to trust you. Lord, thank you for my sweet friend and sweet sister, Cheryl Victorian. God, thank you for bringing a Christian woman as our police chief in this city. Lord, what a, what a heavy job, Lord, she, she carries every day. Decisions, many of them split-second decisions. God, we pray for her wisdom. We pray for her protection and all the policemen in Waco and in McLennan County for all of our law enforcement. Lord, protect them, guide them, be a shield about them. Lord, I thank you that Cheryl, she trusts you and she fears your name and she loves you and she treasures you. Father, I pray that you'd bring healing to her knees this year, God, and that she would know it was your hand that did that. Whether that be through a doctor or through a miracle or, or through therapy, God, we know that ultimately you're the healer. So we pray for our sweet friend, Cheryl. Lord, I thank you for the friend she is to me. Thank you for the friend she is to Highland. And God, thank you for our mayor. Lord, thank you for Dylan Meeks. Lord, I thank you for his life. Thank you for his leadership. Lord, again, thank you for placing in the leadership of our city a believing man who trusts you, who loves you, who treasures you, who fears you, who esteems your word. And Father, I pray the same for him as I did for Bradley. Lord, with all the voices and all the factions and all the groups, Lord, I pray that his heart and his mind, his eyes would be set on Jesus. Lord, that he would lean into you daily. I know he does. He would trust you daily. I know he does. And Father, when his term is up in May, Lord, I pray that you would guide him to his next endeavor. God, just keep him in Waco, whatever that is. Let's keep him here in our city, Lord. But we, we look forward to, to the plans that you have for him. God, they're good plans. And Lord, I know that Dylan has a heart for this city and a heart for, for lifting. And Lord, for lifting those who are hurting, lifting those who are marginalized. Lord, I pray that you would just use him in mighty ways. God, as a church family, we say thank you for these four leaders. I don't think there's a lot of other cities in our country today who could look around at four leaders who love you, who fear you, who show up to church on a Sunday morning to be prayed for, to lift their hands out, to receive the blessings of these prayers. Lord, thank you for their lives. We bless them in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen and amen. We're grateful for you four. Thank you so much. Well, I know the four of you have not been seated very long, but why don't we all stand back up together at this time? The altars are gonna be open. Maybe there's some things you wanna lay before the Lord as 2024 begins. Maybe some things you wanna lay down from 2023 that you wanna walk away from, need to walk away from. Maybe you wanna begin 2024 on your knees in the presence of the Lord with, with the church family around you. If you come forward and pray, you'll, you'll feel a hand on your shoulder. That's someone just praying over you, praying for you, uh, agreeing with you. We also have the elders that will be in, in the corner, the far right, the far left. Elders and their spouses will be there with them. If you need a prayer for healing today, maybe you have had a, a, a prognosis, a diagnosis that Jessica talked about earlier of, of sickness. Uh, maybe there's a surgery that's coming up. Maybe you're, you're dealing with, with something internally and you're just asking the Lord for healing. Maybe there's an emotional need. Maybe you've been dealing with depression or, or anxiety. 
And you'd want the, the elders just to pray over you, a prayer of peace, a, a prayer of, of, of reminders of who Christ is and a reminder of his promises toward you, which are yes and amen every time. We have some staff that'll be standing here at the front. If you wanna come and pray with somebody, maybe it's not a, a sickness situation or a health situation or a surgery situation, but maybe you wanna come and pray with the staff member. They'll be standing here at the front. We'd love to pray with you. Maybe today you need to give your life to Jesus to become a brand new creature in Christ, to let all the old stuff be behind you and new life with you and in front of you. So I, I would love today to, to see these altars filled. Why would they not be? With, with the filled life center today, why would we not fill these altars with, with men and women on their knees seeking the Lord? Maybe you wanna take your spouse or your kids, your family with you and just come in and seek the Lord at the beginning of 2024. God, we are yours. We're your people. We surrender our lives, our hearts, our everything to you. Let's continue to sing and to worship the Lord if you wanna come and pray at this time.